L-A-S. From One Dad to Another is brought to you by... Hey, I'm Logan Adam Schultz, licensed realtor, and this is the Corridor Real Estate Podcast, Eastern Iowa's premier show for all things buying, selling, and investing as it relates to real estate. Every Thursday, we'll be talking with industry professionals, breaking down the data, and giving you the info you need to succeed in Iowa's real estate market. I, along with my trusty producer, Alex, that's me, will be covering everything you need to know so that anyone can become a Corridor Real Estate Expert. New episodes of the Corridor Real Estate Podcast are published every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am a licensed realtor in the state of Iowa with Coldwell Banker Hedges Realty, operating out of Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more on me and to get in touch, visit lasrealtor.com. The Corridor Real Estate Podcast is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network, also in Cedar Rapids. For more information, visit laspodcastnetwork.com. <laughs> I'm liking the air guitar. Yeah, some air acoustic guitar. Uh, welcome in to From One Dad to Another. I am uh, your host today. I was trying to think of something funny. Did you say that. welcome in? Welcome in. Welcome in. Ah, you were going German. I thought, I I thought you were like literally saying like welcome in yeah. to our hearts. Welcome and in to the show. Is that what it means? Is that the direct translation of, of welcome in? I would... Probably. I don't know. We, If only we had a producer who could research those things for I'm us. not going to say his name so he isn't summoned into the show. He's just shrugging. You can't keep me out of this thing. <laughs> Hi, Alex Schulte. Hello. You know, it's funny because I, I, I do need to get used to you guys like wondering things and be like, oh, I'm going to look that up. Because you went, is that it? And you looked at me and I went, I don't know. We, we do you, often are, wonder things. Are you expecting me to know that? Because I don't. Oh, I have a computer in front of me and I can look it up. It's I like there it, are so many things that we don't know. A different show <laughs> you could fill the internet with like, it. give you the answer, but I don't think we... An entire podcast of us just wondering things <laughs> and <laughs> asking Alex to help us out. Honestly, I don't even know what to Google to find the answer. To that. Is Velcomin... The cabaret the Musical. Okay. <laughs> Ca- I'm just Googling Isn't cabaret. that the opening song? Well, yeah, uh, I don't know. This I, is a terrible intro. Hey, I know. This welcome is to From One Dad to Another. I am one of your hosts, Logan Adam Schultz, sitting across from... And I'm Tim Riven. I could say my own name. I apologize. You right, guys actually, are right, though. It is Velkomen. W-I-L-L-K-O-M-M-E-N. Translated to welcome in? Probably. Probably. <laughs> Let's say yes. We're going with that. So the reason why I was hesitant and totally derailed this intro is because I was trying to think of something funny to say. The reason why is because as of... Dangerous game. When this episode comes out, two episodes ago, our first jobs episode, um, I got called out for saying daddy too much (laughs) on this show because I think this is the right place to say the word daddy. I also established that I think it's all about context, though. There's a daddy jar that you have to put a dollar in every time you say daddy. Yeah. So Which, by the way, this jar that I brought into the show right here. You actually brought it. So I have a daddy jar. And do you have a daddy dollar? And I have a daddy dollar. Oh, gross. I hate it. <laughs> I think I've said daddy a couple times already, but I'm going to. Well, you've said it a whole bunch right now in this little <laughs> intro. <laughs> I'm establishing. All I right. mean, you need to put like a $10 bill in there. All right. So here's how it's going to work. I'm going to set this dollar here. Um, and starting after this sentence is over. I will um, I will put the dollar in the jar whenever I say the word daddy Let's, starting uh, now. We're going to take that to the judges on those rules. Uh, guys, is that okay? 
All right, we're good. You guys, right, you guys are they, okay. They to, said it's fine. Thank okay you, judges. Proceed. Thank yep. you, judges. Appreciate you. Thank you. How? <laughs> see, we're opening with fun bits. This is what you can yeah. expect from this crazy from, show. From these two dads. From these two dads. Um, if you don't know, if this is your first episode joining us, this is from one dad to another, uh, where Tim and I, uh, two best friends on different ends of the parent spectrum, chat about. I'm glad you didn't say on different ends of our lives because I'm not that much older than you. <laughs> I didn't want to assume anything. <laughs> um, so I'm about to be a first time biological father mm-hmm. in August uh, to a baby girl. I've been a stepfather for many years now. Yeah. Um, and you have three adult children. Yes, and... I became a father decades ago and also have a baby granddaughter. That's right. So so I have certainly had a had a different journey than you have. Just slightly, but I appreciate that this is a place where we can tell stories, uh, share advice, chat with guests. And we have a, a nice lineup of guests coming up uh, in the next few episodes. Make sure you tune in for all of those. But this is a place for us to share jokes uh, and and have a great time and share a little bit of insight as well while we're at it. That's right. Where does a general keep his armies? <laughs> I don't know, Tim. Where does a general keep his armies? Up his sleeveys. <laughs> I, I, brought, I brought that one in. I actually expected the reaction to be better. Like, I, I practiced it in front of the mirror. I was like, that's not true. You didn't do joke. that. I didn't do that, actually. I just remembered it from a joke book from when I was a kid. That's amazing. So it wasn't a dad joke. So it's not even it a dad a kid joke. joke. It's a- <laughs> but maybe my dad read it to me. I don't, I don't remember that. Well, Tim, I thought today we could, uh, we could talk about family vacations. Mm-hmm. The reason why I came up with this idea is because... As of recording, uh, summer break is almost here. Yeah, I think uh, most of the school districts are getting out of school like next week or something in the area. Or they're already out. Yeah. Or uh, everyone's already dropped out of school. Yeah. Just stopped attending. Liam is done on Friday as of recording. We're recording this at the beginning of June. Yeah, I think that's what the Linmar School District is doing as well. I think gotcha. they, they finish up at the end of the week. So I think summer vacation often comes with trips and a lot of free time for Mm -hmm. kids in particular and i remember some summer vacations but i'm not a super well-traveled person yeah frankly and uh, i know that traveling is something that you and your family are actually pretty passionate about travel is something that we have always done i traveled for the first time when i was eight months old i think i flew to jolly old england and was there for a couple of years, but I moved around being in the military. So travel was just a part of, yes, it was kind of a hobby. It was something that we did, but it was also just part of what we had to do. Sure. Because when the Air Force said, go here, we went there. Um, so we, we moved around quite a bit, but we would always explore new places. And that carried on into my adulthood as well. And it was something that I always tried to do with the kids as, as well. So, Alex, our producer, do you know how many states... Tim has been to? I have no idea. Would you like me to guess? Yes. 100% yes. I want you to do that. 39. I have been to 39 states, but I've also been to 11 more. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. Let me do the math there. Is that all of them? That is all of the states. Wow, that's crazy. Did you Uh, get a quarter in every state that you went to? I didn't. And put it on your little quarter map. I did spread out that 50-state travel over, you know, my entire lifetime. I think it took me 
39 years to get there or something along those lines. But I was also kind of like a geography nerd. There are certain things that I'm super nerdy about. Uh, Weather is one of them. And geography happens to be another one. I used to spend a lot of time looking at maps. And so traveling was always like, I usually had already looked at a map. And I've been like, oh, yeah, I know that there's a national forest near there that we're going to drive by. Can we can we pull over on the side of the road so that I can take a picture of it? Um, but, yeah, so I knew that I had a goal of mine in my life was to travel to all 50 states. And I think I stalled out sometime in my late 20s. I stalled out around like 47 or 48. And then I had to knock out Rhode Island and Vermont. I'm curious. So was this like from the get-go always a goal of yours or was it one of those things that you were in the military traveling around to all these different states and that number just kept growing bigger and bigger Then you're like, you know what, I might as well do all 50. A bit of that. Uh, although I'm sure when I was a kid at some point while I was looking through my Rand McNally Atlas, <laughs> I was just like, I want to go here. I want to go here. So I, there was definitely a thought when I was a kid. I want to go to all these places. If it's in a map, in a book, I want to go there. It's still that way today. I want to go to every country on earth. And I, I'm probably not going to do that unless I like win the lottery or not something. Not with that attitude, uh, Tim. Not yeah. with that attitude. There's so <laughs> many. I've been to 26, I think. Uh, 26 or 27. I, I, I've forgotten. But there's like 200. So... I mean, that's a pretty tall order. So now for the flip side of perspective in this conversation and what this episode is going to be, I have left the contiguous United States once and it was on a closed circuit cruise to the Caribbean. So, uh, and I think the farthest west I've gone, I'm trying to think, I feel like there was maybe another time, but I think the farthest west I've gone is Des Moines, Iowa. Right. I know. And we talked about that. Like I said, hey, we need to just, on a weekend, just drive to Denver. Sure. Yeah. It's a 12-hour drive. You can do it in a weekend. I've done it. And I'm I'm totally in on that, but I just have never, I know it's weird, I've never no. had the opportunity to do that. I've traveled east. Uh, I spent a couple summers doing uh, summer stock theater up in the New England area. So I've traveled that way, but I just, I don't know. I'm not very well traveled. It was never something that my family really did. Um and we'll, and we'll get into some family trips, but I imagine it's because we didn't have a ton of money. It also wasn't a major priority. I think that's maybe the... So money is certainly uh, an issue. Yeah. Um, but I think a larger thing is, for some people, it's just not a priority. Right. They're content to either be where they are or explore a place that they're comfortable with, which is uh, often sometimes close. Um, when I back... Back when I was in college, I went to college at Western Kentucky University, so Bowling Green, Kentucky, Warren County, right on the Kentucky-Tennessee border. It was about 45 minutes from Nashville, and I worked at an Arby's restaurant, and there was, uh, there was a woman that I worked with, and she had worked at this Arby's restaurant for about 15 years, and I think she was in her early 50s. And uh, one, uh, one day, her husband got sick and had to go into the hospital and had to go to the hospital in Nashville. She was terrified to drive 45 minutes down the interstate to go to Nashville because she had never been further than the next county over. She had never been more than 20 minutes from her house in 50 years. Yeah. Um, and so for a person like that, it just was never a priority. It probably wasn't about opportunity. It probably never occurred to her. Um, now, for me, I mean, that, that seems insane, 
because I'm always looking at what's over the horizon kind of thing. Um, it seems like you yeah. and, and your wife, Jordan, are always thinking about your next trip, right? Yes. That's been a part of our relationship from the very beginning. We, we have something planned, right? So maybe it's a year away. Uh, maybe it's, you know what, we haven't traveled in a while. Let's, let's go somewhere next weekend or in a month, let's drive to Northern Wisconsin and, and stay in a cabin. Sure. Um, so seeing new places has always been important to us. And so that's one of the things that I was very grateful of when uh, Jordan and I got together is that that's a, a thing that we share um, and will hopefully for ever. Hopefully neither one of us ever gets tired of traveling. And that would be a bummer. <laughs> I don't expect that's going to be the case, um, knowing both of you. But bringing some of that um, family and parenthood element into this conversation, I feel like, you know, like you said, you've been traveling for a lot of your life, if not all of your life, right? Mm-hmm. And some of that comes from just because you had to. Yep. Right? Was traveling a priority for your parents or for your family? It was. And and I think part of that was, I don't know, maybe it was because maybe I was restless and I was driving my parents nuts and they were like, we got to go somewhere. Um, but growing up, I spent half of my childhood in England. So about eight years of my, uh, of my young adult life or young, not even young adult life of my young pre-adult life, uh, spent living in England. And there's so much history, another thing I'm nerdy about, um, so much history in the country and castles and museums and all of this stuff, and everything is pretty close. So we explored so much. We would take weekends and we would drive away and go see this new thing in this country that we were in. Um, Even when we lived, we lived in California, we would go out to national parks or we would uh, drive to the beach or just it was always about like, let's get out and explore. And so that was something my parents always did with me and I internalized that. And so it was always something that with my kids, um, I wanted to normalize that. I wanted to make sure that if they felt the need to explore, they didn't have to wonder, um, they could do it, that there was always a way to make that a priority and that they didn't have to, they didn't have to, to feel bad about uh, well, I wish I could do this. Well, let's find a way to make that work. So That's a really interesting perspective because I'm kind of just realizing this as you're talking, but um, I guess that's part of what this show is for, right? Some of that discovery. But it's definitely for talking. I do. Well, a little bit. But also sometimes not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That I was hated, good. I hated that silence. That was so silent. So much. It was like three seconds. <laughs> it was terrifying. It was unnerving. Anyway, to my small epiphany, I am feeling like I do harbor some guilt around travel because I think about the expense of it. Sure. Right? And um, as much as I want to have those experiences, and I, I do want to travel, I know that's within me, mm-hmm. Um it seems like it's, uh, I don't know, almost superfluous spending, at least at this point in my life, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I'm not extremely wealthy. Right. I'm starting a business and my money's tied up in that. I'm having a baby and developing a family. We yep. bought a house two years ago. So it's hard to prioritize travel when you think of all the other places that money could or should be going. Absolutely. And again, I think it just comes back to that idea of priorities. Yeah. Um, you know, if I have if I have extra money um, to do something with, uh, probably at the top of the list of like what what could I do um, is could is there some place that we could go? Is there some place new that we could experience? Um, 
is there some place that I've been to that I want to share, uh, you know, with Jordan that maybe she's never been to. Um, and even if I don't have a whole lot of money or I don't have money to spare, then I think, where could I go for cheap? Yeah. Like, how can I, how can I do something on a shoestring budget? Can I afford to pay for five tanks of gas? Well, that can get me somewhere. I'll camp at the other end of it or whatever, you know, whatever the solution happens to be or bundle it up with a bunch of other people when we stay in an Airbnb. Uh, there's always a, there's always a way, but only because I make it a priority and, you know, not everybody is in a, a financial position to be able to make that a priority all the time. Um, I, I certainly recognize that. Um, but I think even when people do have funds that they could spend on that, if it's not important to them, they don't. And that's okay. Um, it just, for me, it always seems so strange because I was just insanely curious about what was out where I wasn't. You know, it was, if I were to go east, what would I run into? And I want to go do that. I'll do that on foot. I'll do it on my bike. I'll jump in the car and drive and do all that stuff just because I want to experiment um, and experience something new. Absolutely. So I, I, one thing I'm thinking about as you're talking is, um, again, a little bit of that, that guilt that I, I harbor around travel and all that. But I also harbor guilt on the opposite side of not traveling enough. Yeah. And I know that I didn't travel very much when I was younger. My family didn't travel very much. Um, our biggest family trip was once a year, we would road trip up to Minneapolis mm -hmm. and stay with my grandfather. Yeah. And that was a huge thing for me, right? Now in my adult life, Minneapolis, I'll just drive up there. Right. right? It's not far at all. Um, relative, yeah. right? That's a what, five hours from here. Uh, yeah. Four or five hours. So, um, you know, it, it, that's not a huge thing, but that was a really big experience in my life going to the Mall of America. That was mm -hmm. huge. Um, Legoland, I remember, <laughs> and that's where I rode roller coasters because we never we didn't go to a lot of like amusement parks yeah. either. So that was a big thing for me. Um, so that's the big trip that I remember. But what I'm realizing again as we're talking is, I feel bad that maybe I'm not providing more trips or travel experiences for Liam and you know my future daughter as well, and and thinking about how what I'm setting them up for in their adult life because I wasn't raised on, you know, a lot of travel experience and should I be prioritizing travel a bit more to give my children more experiences as they're growing up? Well, and I don't think that you, you should feel guilty about that. I don't think that you should feel any kind of pressure to, to make that a part of, you know, your family or that experience to a, a degree any more than what you're comfortable with. Um, if, if Liam were to come to you and say, I'd really like to go someplace. Then I know you enough to know you would go, okay, well, I wonder if I can figure out a way to make that happen. Um, but, you know, some, some kids don't like travel at all, right? So you'd be like, hey, we're going we're gonna to go to New York City. And Liam would be like, okay. You know, I, and I don't know. I don't know how he feels about travel. Um, so I don't know if it's necessarily something that you should feel bad about because it may not be something that he's interested in. Um, but I think that if it's something that you are interested in, then you should let yourself explore that. I think that's really what it comes down to. Um, travel is a thing, especially when you're traveling with kids, it can be a real pain in the ass, right? I mean, there's no way around it. It's, it can be super fun and 
you build great memories. And I asked the kids of like, Hey, what were your favorite vacations that we've taken? Um, and they sent me some answers. And so I got a little bit of feedback on that, but also I think back to some of the road trips and stuff that I've been on when kids were really, really little and it kind of sucked. So that's the next question I was going to ask you is how did you manage those family trips when the kids were younger? Cause obviously they're, they're mostly all grown now. Yeah. Um, but how did you manage those when, when they were younger kids? And especially when, you know, what I know about you, your finances have changed throughout yeah. your life. Uh, yeah. Um, a, a lot, it took a lot more planning, um, but not like planning like where are we going to go, where are we going to stay. It was a lot more planning like how far can I drive before I have to stop and someone's going to need to go to the bathroom? When do I have to make sure that these kids eat so that they don't have a meltdown? Um, and my kids always traveled really well, relatively speaking. However, you know, there were plenty of times when, you know, there was a kid crying on the side of the road, you know, because we, you know, had some sort of blowout in the car and soda got spilled all over the place and there's food all over the place and there's crappy diapers and, you know, all of that stuff. It can be a real, uh, kind of a, a real challenge. And, um, so back then it was, travel tended to be a lot more intentional. Like there wasn't a whole lot of like, ah, let's just go and see what we find back then. It just took a lot more logistical planning. Yeah. Um, and you know, it was, there were just so many things that went into it. I remember one time and often it was going to visit family. It was, it was, it was actually, so I was in the air force. I lived in New Jersey. Um, that was a 14 hour drive from family, um, from, Stephanie's family, my ex-wife, um, her family lived in Kentucky. So we would drive down there. That was 14 hours. It's about nine hours from there to here in Iowa where my parents were. And there was one trip where we, I took all of my available leaves, so all my military vacation and drove this little Chevy Cavalier and it was over Christmas break. And I had two kids in the car and I drove them to Kentucky to go for Christmas and then drove up to Iowa um, to have another Christmas. And then I had to haul two kids and two sets of grandparents worth of Christmas presents back to New Jersey. I had a power wheels Corvette strapped to the back window (laughs) on the outside of the, of the Cavalier, every available space inside the car around the kids and the floorboards and everything was packed with stuff. And we drove straight back and it was a 21 hour drive. Oh my God. And, um, like that was my, that was the worst road trip as a, uh, as a traveling with parents because it was like, I knew I have to drive for 21 hours. No, we just stopped 30 minutes ago. I don't want to stop again because it's going to take me 37 hours to finish this, uh, finish this drive. But so it was always a lot more challenging. Um, now it's a lot more easy, you know, a lot easier. I, the kids are self-sufficient. They're grownups. Right. And uh, we can ask them if they want to go. And if they don't want to go, then they don't. Uh, or if they do want to, then we're happy to happy to include them. That all makes sense to me. I think we all have those stories of going to see family, especially around like Christmas break, Thanksgiving break, the holiday trips. Um, I never had a 21-hour drive, right? Yeah, it's um, pretty painful. I have a couple of, of family members and relatives that are fairly close. I'm from Dubuque, Iowa, originally. Um, I have grandparents that are up in um, Scales Mound, Illinois. If anyone knows that place, shout out to me. All right. That's uh, the Scales Mound. I don't know the Scales Moundies. 
that, that's what they call themselves, the Scales Moundians. The Moundians? Yep. The Moundanites? Yep. All of those. It's less Depends weird on which side of town you're from. It's less weird than Cedaripidians. I really like that. Do it's, you? I like I it do. too, but it's still weird. It's super weird, but I like it. Rapidians. So anyway, I would drive up to Scales, or I would ride up to Scales Mound with my parents, and that was always the trip. And I remember sitting in the back seat, like playing the Game Boy, and and just having mm-hmm. that experience. Um, how did you distract kids when you're on a trip like that? Because um, I feel like that's a really well, important part of the of the trip process, especially when you're driving long distances. So now here's where I have to kind of think back in history, in the history of technology. I was gonna say um, we we need like a sound effect for thinking back yeah. in history. I'll see if I can find something fun. When Tim ponders. Right. So if I think about so now it's like, you know, give them an iPad. Well, no. When the kids were little. <laughs> that uh, weird. In the, I tried uh, playing a sound effect of a song. Strange. That was me. And then I ended up playing a sound bite of your voice. <laughs> I thought it was a transition song. So that was me thinking back to when I spoke so, one time. So I'm going to play that clip again just so everyone knows what they heard and, and not isn't so confused. Here's again the clip we have in the board of Tim. Do it. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> Whose voice was I using that day? <laughs> that's you man but back to the question so you were asking like how do we distract the kids i remember having portable dvd players so uh, yep. setting you know set them up on the center console and it would be like this whole clamshell thing almost like a little laptop right yeah, yeah. but it just had enough room to put a dvd in it yep. and it had a little terrible resolution screen i think at one point we had two of them because the girls were close enough in age to where they were both friends and enemies depending on oh, of the minute. Um, and so we would often like, all right, you you set up with the, the DVD player and you set up with this DVD player. Um, and that was a big deal too. You know, electronics are kind of disposable, not like tablets and stuff like that, but you know, you can get on Amazon and probably buy a, um, a DVD player, a portable one for $15 or something right now. But it was a it was a significant investment back then. I remember one time we got a minivan where we got like the flip down screen, and then we had like a oh, six yep. movie changer in it, and that was super fancy. Those are for the fancy families. That must that's, have been a that's right big time for parents. That that was that was pretty amazing. That was when we went from the first minivan, which was like a a Plymouth Voyager. I don't know. It was it was this weird purple color, and it had no bells and no whistles. It had nothing yep. in it. It was just like like it had cloth seats, and we were happy that it had seats. And it, <laughs> you know, it was. I mean, it was. It was. It was. You always got to pay extra for those seats, <laughs> right? It was terrible. But then, um, uh, the kid's mom she decided to go like super fancy and got this Dodge Caravan, Grand Caravan. I think it was a Grand Caravan, and it had all the bells and all the whistles, and it was fantastic to travel in, and. You know, it was one of those things where you're driving it and you're realizing, huh, I'm kind of an old parent now um, because I'm driving the minivan and rocking the minivan and enjoying, oh, this is comfortable. Like, you know, I could, this makes my back feel good. You know, all of those things. And the kids are quiet because they have something to watch. Um, so I think we would distract them with movies, coloring books, all you know, super analog 
stuff. Right. They would read. Uh, Autumn has always been a huge reader. So she would be curled up with a book, you know, sometimes for an entire trip and have a book light. Oh, man. I can't read in the car. Alex <laughs> is shaking his head, too. Uh, instant no, car I, I, I get terrible motion sickness. Right? Yeah, I don't do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> After that one time or? <laughs> right. No, no. <laughs> that one time no, because, in, in Alabama. <laughs> because I'm also a person who always drives. Ah. Right. I, I hate being a passenger. Well, yeah, so you shouldn't read you should and not drive read while you drive. That's why that's really the moral of the lesson. That's really the point of this podcast is don't read and drive kids. We'll, we'll mention that every episode. Right. You would you, think people would know, but you hate being a passenger, though. Is there something with that? Um, You know, I just I just don't like it. I think actually what it is, it's more I love driving. I actually just really enjoy driving. So I don't enjoy being a passenger because I wish I was driving. It's probably some control stuff. Yeah, there's sounds like a control thing. Yeah, there, there's got to be an element of that. But also, I just really like driving. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned doing a 21-hour drive. Yeah, I was in pain when I was done with it. Sure. But that also felt like an accomplishment. Like, I just drove for 21 hours straight. That felt like a thing that I had accomplished. And... But yeah, it's probably just about control. Do you guys ever have the uh, the hypothetical conversation to see who would be the driver if the apocalypse happened? Like if a zombie apocalypse happens, who in your in your little pod of people that you live with is driving the car? Definitely me. That we live with or like in our group? Because well, like, I, mean, I think it, Tim and I would end up in the same group and Tim would be the driver. Would you guys be able to get to a car safely together in this situation? This hypothetical situation. Well, it depends. And if, if during the zombie apocalypse, if are there zombies in the car? No. no well, okay. Then I yes, d- I could definitely get in that car. <laughs> Ideally, they're not there because that's okay. Good. That's how you lose. Because that's really dumb. If the zombies are in the car, <laughs> then you're walking. We live. I mean, we're not super close, but we're close enough that I feel like either one of us would head toward the other person's house pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And I would. I would drive. <laughs> you would because it's control. <laughs> It, because it's control, yes. But also, like, I see, like, you and Marnie out, and Marnie drives all the time. Oh, yeah, but here's the thing. I wish <laughs> I was driving. <laughs> and and so I'm just like, oh, Logan doesn't mind being a passenger. Like, I see them drive by, and, and Logan's, like, on his phone. Pouting. And Marnie's, I, Marnie's chauffeuring him I around. Pref- <laughs> nope. I prefer <laughs> to drive. But um, Marnie gets so carsick, carsick, yeah. Um, even on short drives, yep. that it's just so much better if she's able to drive. So that's just a compromise that we've made. Yeah. It's certainly not a big deal. And if you were but, to ask Jordan, if you were to ask my wife, who's the driver, she would definitely say me. Not because of control, because she hates driving. <laughs> she could go the rest of her life and never drive again and be perfectly content. Okay. Uh, which works really well for us. Because I just, I just really, I enjoy the act of driving. Sure. I like driving by myself. Uh, and yes, it is an element of control. Because it's really actually hard to be a passenger in a car when no one's driving it. Well, I need you to let go of control for just a minute and let me drive this train because we need to take this a stop. Is a train? Now it's a train. Yeah. You know, Weird. Now I'm, a, a, I'm a conductor. Choo choo, boys. <laughs> um, we need to take a break and check in with some sponsors. Uh, is that a choo choo train? It's the best thing I could find on a quick turn. It's the Hogwarts I, it's, Express. It's going to honk here. Thank you. 
louder. I was looking at the sound wave, and I was like, wait, it's going to get louder, and it's going to go. We can't even get the train to stop. That's how much control we have over train, what's happening. Train horn. Train. Here we go. Yeah. All right. Great. This is the daddy train. Oh, put that in put the, it in the put jar. That, in the that jar. was the moment. Put it in the jar. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to check in with some sponsors. When we come back, let's check in on some memories from Tim's children. Let's chat a little bit about flying and future trips and uh, we can talk a little bit more about um, all the places that I will go someday in the future. Oh, the wonderful places we'll go. That's right. We'll be right back. From One Dad to Another is brought to you by... I'm Jason Alberti. And I'm Lindsay Prince. I am a dad of two boys, a comedy writer, and I love medieval literature. I'm the mom of two girls, a comedy writer, and I love TikTok. Hey, we've got a new podcast. And it's called What Do You Want to Talk About? We talk about everything from almond milk lattes to xenophobia. New episodes every Monday. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What Do You Want to Talk About is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more information, you can visit laspodcastnetwork.com. Hey, Lindsay, did I tell you the story about Scarpe the Njalsson when he was in Iceland and he was dying because he was under this log on fire and he pulls out this molar and he whips it into Thurl Thurlson's eye? No, I don't understand most of what you just said. Oh. Oh, Jason, did I tell you that Billy Eilish got bangs? What's a Billy Eyelash? L-A-S. Hey, I'm Jake Trumper. And I'm Alex Schulte. And together, we're Historically Historically Inaccurate. And you can learn history with us because I'm kind of an expert. I'm not sure if expert's the word I would use. No, I'm ready to teach people history because, like, uh, ask me to name every president. But I know you can't. No, just ask me. I don't want to hear you do that again. John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, uh, James Madison, James Monroe, John Quincy Adams, Andrew Jackson. So we're a brand new podcast distributed by the LAS Podcast Network in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. New episodes every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you can find your podcasts. Jake, are you still going? Jake, just fast forward to the end. We are literally running out of time. Did you literally forget the president who is right now, Joe Biden? Joe Biden! I did it. I was in I was in my groove. Come and learn with us, everybody. Well, it's still kind of me. I'm kind of doing You couldn't even remember Joe Biden's name. I'm doing most of the teaching. It's mostly you. Thank you. L-A-S. Hey, welcome on back in. I believe the word you're looking for is willkommen. Willkommen back. And I, I did look that up. It means welcome. Just welcome. Just, just welcome, welcome. Not welcome in. Yep. Just welcome. Willkommen in. That actually sounds like a really great motel. Willkommen in. in. <laughs> Please stay at the welcome in. In. Oh, in. actually, I do like that. <laughs> yeah. It's probably, I'm sure it exists. It probably does. It's a very dad right. jokey uh, yeah, I know. Uh, motel name. That's yes. what we should do. We should open a hotel. Called the Welcome Inn. Called the Welcome Inn. I like it. No, but it's the Welcome Inn, in, right? Or is it the Welcome Inn? It's the Welcome Inn. Because Welcome Inn, in is entirely more I stupid. I feel like we're ripping off a, like a sitcom. <laughs> like, I think this exists. I may have seen this episode in something. It's like an and episode of Shit's Creek or something. Yeah, and that's what I keep thinking. But that, that's the Rosebud. Because they do the motel thing. They yeah. do. But if you haven't watched Shit's Creek, shout out to Shit's Creek. That's a wonderful show. That is. And also, show. shout out to Alex. Alex, we were chatting over the commercial break. Yes. And uh, you yep. mentioned that you share uh, a bit of Ge- geographical of my experience. experience with you. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, I've, I don't. I don't know if I've ever been further west than Des Moines either, or I don't know if I've ever been more traveled than a Caribbean cruise um, through the. Cri- <laughs> 
through the Caribbean. All the way through it. So my, that my my family half of my family's from Puerto Rico, so I traveled back and forth between Puerto Rico quite a few times growing up. But that's still in the states. But it, culturally, it's completely different. It's just so I've always felt traveled. Sure. On that end, but as far as actually leaving the country, it's Jamaica, Mexico. Um, another one. <laughs> Probably another, another one of those not Americas. I'm not, another one. I, I don't think we stopped in the Dominican Republic. I don't think that happened. But yeah, yeah. It's just I, I and I was feeling. I was like, oh my gosh. Now I'm kind of having an existential crisis because I have not traveled either, and I always thought I did. <laughs> and so that sparked the other thing we talked about during the the commercial break, which was that I, I felt a little strange because you are just so traveled, and I think that I think about people in general having traveled more, and that I am I am less traveled. But you kind of brought up that that you think you're more of the exception than the rule. I think that's probably true. I I just don't think people I don't think people care as much about travel as I happen to. Uh for me it's just a it's just a matter of always wanting to explore and go see something new and see something. So it's a it's a restlessness. Maybe that's what it is. Uh uh being uncontent, incontent, incontinent. Nope. Nope, on the continent. <laughs> No, whatever, whatever the proper uh, I'm let you just combination of vowels and consonants happens to be, I think I just always want to want to be on the move. You guys, I looked up um, how much the average person travels. Okay, Ooh, interesting. Okay, and the average person takes six point five flights per year. If that Whoa. helps you, that seems like a lot. The average person takes six point five, so that would include all legs, probably. Uh, so not 6.5 trips, but okay. often you might have two or three uh, legs. Connecting flight. Each, or, so yeah. that could be, that could I, be one, that could literally be one trip. I highly, I highly doubt. I mean, I guess, is also, it safe to assume that this means 6.5 trips? Not no, 6.5 flights. I think it's get- 6.5 flights. And, but also I, yeah, it could be skewed really, really high. Cause there are some people who literally, that is their job. Sure. They, they spend all of that time. I have but again, had jobs where that was the, the case. This is the average, right? This is taking everybody into consideration. This is also taking right, so the, all the people who the have never traveled. The Alex's of the world. And also who, the people who fly 300 days a year. So, so they all, it all comes out in the wash. Also, the average person has traveled, visited 9.58 countries. And the average person worldwide? What's the sample this is wor- of this? A YouGov sur- a survey on behalf of London City Airport has found that the average Briton has visited 9.58 countries. So I guess that's uh, that's a little more specific. And that is that that would make sense because you can literally drive from England to 10 countries. That's what I was going to say. Is is you can get on the access continent. to other countries is different. If we refer to states, you know, I think the average person has been to nine and a half states. Maybe you know yeah. if not that more. sounds reasonable. Tim brings the curve up. Right, I'm I'm that person. <laughs> I'm that yes. person trying to make up for all the people who have been to zero states. Here, I've got I've got uh, the average American. If you guys want that number, yes, the average American has been to just three nations, and nearly one third or twenty nine percent of American adults have never been abroad. So the that bar- makes sense to me. The barrier uh, of access to yeah. other countries is different. Yep, leaving America, it's. It's much more substantial. You can go north to Canada or down to Mexico, or you're flying somewhere pretty. Substantial. But also, um, having spent a lot of time in Europe, 
Europe, relatively speaking to the United States, is very small. Right. So there is so much to experience here in the United States. You can you can imagine about any sort of geographic zone. You can be in the desert. You can be in a tropical rainforest. You can be in all these different places and never leave the United States, which is pretty amazing. And you don't really have that in most places on Earth. Um, so you don't have to leave the United States. I mean, I want to often. Right. Maybe recommended. But you you don't have to, and you can experience all these different things that someone in another part of the world likely has to leave their country to go do. So that's a great segue into my next thought, which is we brought up in the in the previous um, section of the show talking about you know those larger trips and mm-hmm. those those bigger um, travel moments and and coming into the episode that's what I was thinking about right gosh, I should take my family to places farther away. We should be going to New York. We should go to California. We should go to Mm -hmm. London. We should, those big but more expensive trips. Yep. And what you brought up is even when you don't have a lot of extra money, you do prioritize taking a day or a weekend trip to somewhere. And Usually a place that I've never been to before. That's always my preference. One thing that, um, that I wanted to bring up for those that are in the know, is the house on the rock. <laughs> the reason why is because, so this is one thing so that my, weird. my family would do, and we'll try not to spoil too much about it, because if you don't know, you should go. Yeah. Um, and Alex looks like he doesn't know, and Alex, you're on the list to go. I don't know. Yep. Never heard of this. Don't look it up. So, okay. um will not. House on the Rock is something that my family and my grandmother in particular used to take me to on a regular basis. It's about 45 minutes away from Dubuque, but it would be a great day trip for us, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, And when I was younger, this place was incredible. Um, uh, Yeah, I don't want to tell too much about it because it's pretty spectacular to walk through it and be very surprised. So all the people who have been there are going, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know what he's talking about. And all the people who have never been there are like, I don't, what, what, you can't. What is happening? I'm that's, telling you. That's a, Tim, on the nose. That's yeah. exactly where I'm at. Yeah. I, I, wanna, <laughs> I have no idea. I want to get you a little interested in it because I want you yeah. to plan a trip and go. It's it's a nice day trip. But the reason I bring it up, um, oh, and, and again, don't look it up. Don't spoil it for yourself. Um, the reason I bring it up is because um, for our mini honeymoon, because we didn't have a ton of excess money after Marnie and I got married, um, we took a weekend trip up to uh, Madison. Yeah, Wisconsin. And on the way, I took her to House in the Rock, which she'd never been to before, but of course is very special to me. And she ended up falling in love with the place, just thinking it was so unique. Yeah. That's the word I'll use. It's definitely unique. And it was a very special thing for you guys. So you took us uh, about right. a month ago. And we, took, uh, and we, we did a separate Liam, trip with Liam. Yep. Um, so that became a family thing for us. And I think Liam thought it was crazy, but really yeah. enjoyed it as well. And so that became a little kind of fun, um, but also fairly accessible thing, right? Yeah. Because that's a day trip. We could make that an hour and a half. I knew I was going to spend a significant amount on food mm-hmm. and on gas, um, but that it would be a, a, a pretty manageable thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like you said, then we ended up taking you because, of course, your family to us now as well. Um, yeah, well, and so, you know, you, you mentioned it was someplace you took Liam because it was something you wanted to share with right. him. It was something that was special to you and something you wanted to share. Um, and so I had reached out to the kids also thinking about trips that we had taken 
um, yeah. or that they had gone on. And I asked them about family vacations and one and things that stood out for them. And so I got responses from my girls. Uh, they're the adults. They're the ones who respond to texts. Um, my, uh, my youngest, uh, they don't, they're not, they're not great at, at responding to text messages. So I'm not really sure what's going on with, with Will's memories of, of vacations. That's um, another episode talking that about. That is, but I got, uh, I got, uh, responses from the girls. And what was interesting was both of them chose a cruise that we went on. I've only ever been on one cruise and it was a family cruise. And we, we took all the kids, oh, it's probably been about 10 years now. And for both of the girls, they they that sticks out as one of the biggest um the biggest trips and it was the first time that we had actually i guess the only time that we've all traveled out of the country together so um all of the kids have been out of the country um they've 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 been lucky enough uh to be able to visit other places but it was the only time we ever went out of the country together and so that was a response from both of them that 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 they loved that. And then uh, my oldest also had that in Rocky Mountain National Park, um, which is kind of a favorite. And that was one that we took, that was the first trip that my wife and I took the kids on. So this would have been post-divorce. And then I remarried uh, and married Jordan. And this was our first trip as a, as a new kind of family unit. And okay. so it was a, it was, it was kind of a special trip for all of us. And so, so for my oldest that stuck out, she's a big national parks fan. Uh, she really loves just being outside. Um, and, and she even included in her message, she just probably just really loves the mount being in the mountains, which is, if you know anything about her, you know, that, that makes sense. That, uh, that makes perfect sense. Um, so it makes perfect, it makes sense. perfect sense. And then my, uh, uh, my other daughter, Michaela, um, she also loved the trip to Yellowstone. And so this was a trip that we did, I don't know how many years ago, but we planned, this is a more re- recent trip, probably five or six, where we planned a trip to Yellowstone. And it was a big, sort of a blended vacation, a big vacation. My in-laws were there, my parents were there, my brother and his family, and then all of my kids. And there were 14 of us, and we all stayed in a house, and it was just this big Sometimes tense, but always amazing vacation uh, where we got to go out and kind of hang out in the mountains. And so it was really nice that the kind of the, the those things were uh, stuck out to me as, as, as being kind of great family vacation memories. And but the cruise was I'm, I'm actually not a fan of cruising like I I did it and I was like, OK, this is this is fine. I've done this next. I would rather be off the boat and on a new shore yeah somewhere doing stuff um but for both of the girls they really really enjoyed the cruise in one case it was because of getting out of the country in another case it was like the freedom of being out on the boat oh sure uh, and not having you know there was they weren't going to run away there was nowhere to go right um so a little yeah. bit of autonomy for the first time you know in that type of situation yeah but for for both of the girls that, that stuck out as a as a as a big vacation for them. And for me personally, it was like, yep, it was a cruise. That was, <laughs> that was it. Like, but I remember all the stuff that we did when we weren't on the boat. And I, and, and I remember like being in the Bahamas and walking around the Bahamas and exploring a new country, a place I'd never been before. Yeah. The, the boat and the cruise experience, I didn't care anything about, but apparently for, for the kids, their experience was, uh, they remembered it differently. I think than I did. So, well, 
Tim, I appreciate you passing along some stories and some insight from one dad to another. And I think that you you really have um, got me thinking about how I want to prioritize travel in my life and for my family. Um, but also, I need to I need to allocate funds and energy and time into some of the things that we have growing right now, a family mm-hmm. and a, yeah. and a business. And so prioritizing some of those day and weekend trips is something I'd like to do some more. Um, something that I think I can grow in and my family can grow in. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think, you know, everybody can find some type of adventure on whatever your budget is. So that adventure could be going to the Amana colonies, right? Yeah. You know, that's, that's something super close. It doesn't take that much gas to get there. I mean, you could ride a bike there if you really, really wanted to. Um, maybe you could. Well, yeah, I, maybe I will. Um, but it's, it's, uh, adventure doesn't have to be far away. Um, so, and it doesn't have to be expensive, um, but I think it's always valuable. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Adventure doesn't have to be far away. I love it. Uh, Tim Riven, thank you so much for being on this episode. Yeah, thanks for having me. me one more time. We should do this again. <laughs> Let's do it again next week. All right. Sounds great. <laughs> uh, Alex, thank you so much for producing and, and sharing some travel stories with us as well. Um, this is From One Dad to Another, produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. New episodes every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. For more information on the show, on the network, what we have going on here and supporting local creators, check out LASpodcastnetwork.com. And if you would like to get some bonus content from this show, I believe we're going to have a bonus episode coming up on Ooh, Patreon excited. fairly soon. Fairly soon. <laughs> fairly soon. Uh, Check out patreon.com slash LAS podcast. I will. Network. I know you will. You'll be there. Say that one more time because I interrupted you halfway through. Patreon.com slash LAS podcast network. And speaking of which, (laughs) we uh, just launched as of recording um, the invite only exclusive Patreon Facebook group which we're both a part of, Alex is a part of, and our Patreon I've been there. It's pretty rad. There's some good stuff going on in there, but we want to create a community where we can engage with fans, and uh, you can send in questions to the show in that group and through Patreon, so get involved. We'd love to connect with you. I think that's it, right? I think that's it. Good shape? Yeah, I think think we're doing fine. There's only one dollar in the jar, and that's enough. All right, Daddy. Thank you so much, and uh, I'll be happy to share another episode with you next week. All right, bye. That was weird.